All right, thank you for joining the podcast today. How are you doing? Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. My name is Jeremy Nori. I am a director and producer of independent documentary films for streaming platforms by Amazon, Fox, CBS, and all kinds of other ones too, Apple TV, Roku, Uh, even YouTube. And we make all kinds of documentaries from all kinds of different subjects. So I've done films about UFOs. I've done films about Bigfoot, martial arts, pro wrestling, animal rehabilitation, uh, mindfulness. We've done all kinds of topics. Hmm. So um, tell us a little bit about the martial arts and um, wrestling documentaries. How were those... Sure. So uh, my website is called theskyisland.com, and you can get links to all the movies that I'm going to talk about there. Mm -hmm. The wrestling movie is called The Other Side of the Ring, and I believe we even have some awards for that particular movie. It's one of our best films as far as uh, production value from our end of, of what we were able to make, and it covers four different women in pro wrestling uh, some are basically retired, and some are uh, kind of still doing it or on the beginning part of doing it on in the independent stage. And it really just tells their story and their experiences doing wrestling as a woman and what this world is like, because it's kind of a, a mystery to a lot of people. Hmm. So how was the um, Mixed Martial Arts documentary or... Yeah, I got the Mixed Martial Arts documentary done first, actually. And that's also a really great film. It actually has a couple, I think actually only one character that is in both films because she is a martial artist and she is a pro wrestler. And uh, it just tells a really wonderful story. These fighters are... um, also at different stages in their careers. Two of them are kind of not really competitive now. And then one is still trying to be competitive and kind of having trouble with that. And it tells the story about what there is to fighting when you're not having financial success and you're not just like on the road to being on TV or anything and what they do it for and, and looking at it long term, why they might never quit doing it, even if they're not going to ever be this big successful fighter. What else do they get from training in martial arts? And, and it seems like the majority of what they get is um, mental, uh, physical, obviously, there's the physical benefits from, you know, training and being athletic, but there's huge mental benefits that they're getting for. Um, traumas that they've had, uh, just personality, uh, all kinds of wonderful things. So what is your favorite documentary you've done so far? I know you said you've done plenty of them. Yeah, The Other Side of the Ring is a really, really good one. Um, I, I mean, I love Why We Fight also. That's the martial arts one. It's called Why We Fight. But uh, there's a documentary that tells my personal story. So I guess I'm I'm kind of closely tied to that documentary. It's also a really great uh, production value and and one of our best works. It's called The Secret Cup. And that tells a story of 
uh, me and my partner on the uh, that project. His name is Daniel DeSales, and uh, we were friends prior to him kind of suggesting we go into business doing this thing. And it was it was really a wild thing. It was more of just a, a passion than um, than anything else. And we traveled around the country, around the world, posting questionable that they were legal, but maybe sometimes they weren't really legal uh, hash competitions. Mm-hmm. And this was very new at the time. And so a lot of the places we were going, like they didn't know what to do. I almost got arrested many times and it was a whole adventure. Mm-hmm. I, I really loved living that life. So as a, as a, I'm guessing as an independent um, filmmaker, you travel a lot. What are some of the most exciting places you have been traveling as a filmmaker? So actually traveling as a filmmaker, I haven't done as much of just yet, although I've done a little bit. And um, what I'm hoping to do, I've been preparing for this. So I've been building out a van so that I can have a mobile studio and I can drive to some of these places where I'm doing these interviews and I can stay for extended periods of time and maybe also experience some of the things about the cities because when I was doing the secret cup we would travel to each of these cities and I would spend almost two weeks in each city so we would begin the process of okay you know I'd, I'd land in the city I'd get everybody and the competition organized and get the competition thing done and then I'd have like maybe about a week of almost nothing to do so what that usually led to was local people in the city would want to take us around the city and show us like the cool local attractions or I would just look up museums and I would go and and check stuff out like in Washington DC I went to every single Smithsonian museum that they have there and uh, I've done a lot of like just kind of touristy sightseeing in, in certain places but then also I've experienced the local side in some places which is just really cool hmm. definitely definitely so i remember hearing you saying that you did a topic on ufos um uh, so how was that experience and are you a believer <laughs> i go back and forth right and it seems like um there's some really weird stuff out there and then in just the scale of the universe it seems very likely that there's some other kind of life out there in the universe somewhere. Even most mainstream scientists think this. The question is, are the UFOs, are they, are those aliens and are they coming here? And there's a lot of talk about that right now. There's, are, are these UFOs, are they military and they're from earth mm. or are they not from Earth and they're from somewhere else? And what are they? Could they be us from the future? Could they be some sort of alien species from another galaxy? And uh, I love that conversation. I have not seen definitive evidence either way. There's some really wild stories out there that have no explanation. Hmm. So I, I, I ride the fence, you know, the, when I look at a lot of the stuff, there's rational things where you think we should have more evidence 
there should be more clear pictures. This should be more provable by now. Yeah. But um, then the stuff that we do have, a lot of it's pretty unexplainable. And so uh, it just... It, it just keeps that door open as to like what all this stuff could be. And, and lately, I mean, we've seemed to be on the verge of, of a really even more impressive topic right now. So, uh, so the UFOs that are being seen are doing stuff that science doesn't think should be possible, like should not be physically doable. And they're doing these things, right? So, uh, the question becomes like, are we misunderstanding what they're doing? Right. Is the radar off? Is there some sort of like misunderstanding or are these things breaking the laws of science? And we're basically going to have to rewrite science after this to, to say different things are possible because these things are doing them and then whether they're from earth or whether they're from some other space place, if they're doing the things that they are, that the radar and all the evidence says they are doing, those things scientifically should not be possible. So it's a really amazing time for science. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I, I kind of believe a little bit myself, but then NASA will just start throwing out pictures and everything. And you're like, whoa, now, now you're a little more curious. <laughs> So what upcoming projects do you have coming out? So we've got a bunch of UFO stuff coming out right now. I just, we're releasing a bunch of small projects and that's leading up to our bigger project, which is a sequel to our film, I Want to Believe, which is one of my most successful projects. Our most successful projects are all the ones in the strange phenomenon world. So those movies have been seen by millions of people and they're really great movies. Um, I, I, uh, that's partly why I wanted to kind of take another crack at them and do another, uh, another movie. We have different equipment and we were able to interview different people and it's, it's further along the line. So it, it, I think those projects all do really well. I just did, we released one that's about SETI. So that was the, uh, the Institute covered in the movie contact with Jodie Foster and they have all those like antenna where they listen to the skies. And so I interviewed one of their head astronomers. We have that short project is already out. And then I just released a project with two experiencers. So people who, one, one of them, he goes to sleep and he has like dreams or like meditation kind of where he is on spaceships and communicating with uh, other entities of some kind. Mm -hmm. UFOs, angels I mean it's it's really wild and then another person is a, a medium and she channels other spirits or UFO aliens we don't know right but they speak through her and so that project is out right now too then we have another one that's coming that's about MUFON which is the investigators who get called to go out and investigate these uh UFO experiences in different places. Hmm. And then we have a couple other interviews that are going to go into the main project. So all of that stuff is coming soon. And we also have a Bigfoot project. Hmm. So now, are you a believer of Bigfoot? Bigfoot less than UFOs. But 
there's also some wild Bigfoot stories. And I'll also say, uh, I feel like historically, Bigfoot definitely existed. There is a lot of evidence about a creature that seems pretty likely to have been what, at least in some of the cases, what people were seeing as Bigfoot. Hmm. Um, And uh, you never know. I suppose there could be other things that are just lost in time that for whatever reason we haven't been able to find fossil record of or what what have you even that other creature the way they found the fossils it's this wild story that seems impossible Hmm. so uh maybe but that's one of the ones where we should really have a lot more evidence of bigfoot especially now with drones and all the different ways we we can like take pictures and the, the evidence they all still go to is really old for the most part. There's not a lot of great new evidence that people kind of turn to where they're like, this is proof. So that makes it less impressive and less likely to be true. So, yeah. So what would you say to someone who's trying to get into the film making industry? Ah, so it's actually very easy to do. Like what I would say now, especially with YouTube and stuff like that, is you just start making stuff. Just start shooting, and you'll start to figure out things as you go along. And you can even watch little tutorials on places like YouTube of things that you want to do. So maybe you have a scene that you want to shoot or a certain kind of effect or something. Hmm. And you can learn on YouTube how to do that. Also, uh, I think there... And my partner, the, the my friend Jason, that does filmmaking with me, he lives in Georgia... And he has a YouTube channel that teaches filmmaking. So it's called Jay Horton. And his other channel is Zapruder Flicks. And he's listed on all my uh, films as one of the producers. So uh, he, he really has a far greater knowledge of filmmaking than me. And he does all the editing, which really is the creative part of making the projects. You kind of have total control in the editing process. So yeah, if people are trying to get into it, watch Jason's YouTube channel and then just go out and make stuff yourself. Now, if, now uh, this seems like a, a, a mediocre question. If there's any documentary that you can do, what would you do it about? Mm. So that's actually a cool thing for me because I get to just tackle these subjects. I don't work for any one particular channel. So I'm not getting projects sent to me where I have to do this or I have to do that. So I get to choose. And I'm just about to start a project on diets. And I think that is one of the topics that I've been really interested in doing. And I'm going to tackle that next. And and that's going to be a wonderful thing. In the strange phenomenon world, I would like to do a documentary about... um, child reincarnation so yeah out of all the things that i've ever seen i'm not a believer in most things so like ghosts and and all a lot of the stuff that i've done the evidence for me is not there i think that the people uh, are genuine in their beliefs but i think that they may be mistaken in what they're interpreting a lot of the time however i could be wrong And one of the things that leads me to think that maybe I am wrong is uh, if you ever get to see child reincarnation stories, 
those stories can be really impressive. Mm-hmm. And the evidence is like what you want sometimes. Like in, in a, a situation like that, you want to be able to have evidence that, that they give you where you didn't know the answers before. And then you're able to like confirm those answers. And child, they're, you know, children are also, they're not like coachable. They're very honest at, at very young ages. And so those stories really impressed me and I'd love to dig into that subject to see if there's more there because if I can if I can prove that you know that's real or at least get close to that mm-hmm. man that really opens the door for a lot of these other things to be real yeah now I remember you talking about diet your diet film what is that going to be about I'm going to take five diets and I'm going to compare and contrast the diets. We're going to try and talk about what's true and what's maybe not true and what's easy to do with these diets and what might be hard to accomplish with these diets and kind of just leave it up to the viewer to make your own decision. I'm not going to say this is the diet that you should eat, but I'm going to show you a lot and we're going to talk about the truth and you know, there's going to be also some good general subjects about things that you need to watch out for in general, regardless of what diet you're doing these days. And, uh, the diets are keto, paleo, um, Mediterranean carnivore, vegan, vegetarian, and then the standard American diet. So McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) It's a diet. (laughs) Unfortunately, it is a huge diet still. It's like it's crazy when I I used to eat that way a lot, you know, and uh, I never noticed necessarily anything terrible from it. But after when you change your diet, that's when you start to notice, oh, wait a minute, like I start to feel different. And there was like this kind of slow poisoning happening during this this process. And uh, for some people, it's 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 crazy. You know, but hmm. Americans eat a lot of fast food. I, I have to go and look at the statistics again, but it's something like, um, like five out of it's most America. I can't remember how much it is. It's a lot. It's like 80% of Americans eat fast food three to five times a week, I think. Hmm. And that, that uh, that's, that's crazy, you know. If that's if I'm re- repeating it accurately, but mm. I just remember seeing some of the statistics on it, and it's like, wow. Yeah. Especially now that COVID has hit, like people are just wrecks. Mm-hmm. Their health is it's not good. <laughs> so, um, I know you said you worked with a lot of companies. What was your favorite company you worked for with? Hmm. My favorite company that I've worked for. Well, one of the, my favorite things that I've done is uh, I've I used to go to Amsterdam to go to the Cannabis Cup every year in Holland, mm-hmm. and I love. That's also kind of how I began in filmmaking. I shot a travel series, and I, I went around there and I learned everything I could about the city. And, and that's my favorite city out of all cities. Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah, I love it there. And I was able to work with a company and compete in the Cannabis Cup and win the Cannabis Cup in 2009 for the best product at uh, the, the High Times 
cannabis cup competition out there. And uh, there's many more prestigious awards for growing and stuff, but that particular award was really important for us. It was the first thing for dabbing also. So anybody that's into cannabis and you know what like dabbing or smoking concentrates is, that was a revolutionary moment in that whole history. And I got to be part of it in my favorite city. So yeah, it was really cool. So um, now we know cannabis is getting more legal in states across the U.S. and other countries. How impactful you think it can be towards of health standard and in a competitive sports atmosphere? That's interesting. So uh, I think it's it's kind of a, 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 a misleading advantage for sports. So it, it does not give you athletic performance advantages the way that like steroids or something like that might do that make you physically able to do things you weren't physically able to do uh, or recover from or etc but it does relax people in a strange way to where uh, especially leading up to the fight leading up to your game or whatever we've seen it in the Olympics with certain athletes where they just need to relax they need to calm themselves they need to be able to kind of deal with the anxiety and the pressure of competing prior to actually competing. And marijuana really helps with that. And so that's the biggest place I would see it as an advantage uh, for athletics would be kind of therapeutically. Also, I'd say Bruce Lee used to, he said that it was one of the best things for relaxing muscles. So he used to eat pot brownies. And there are many athletes who use cannabis, and they have various different reasons for it. Hmm. But, um, yeah, in general, health benefit-wise, I think for a lot of people in their life, it could be a relief anxiety-wise. And it's just a more healthy way of of releasing. Like, you often hear about people, they come home and they want to have, like, a beer to relax or wine or whatever it is. And marijuana is just far more healthy than anything else that you could do that's going to, you know, you're going to do that every day, you know. So uh, I see huge benefits for people that can use it responsibly in that sort of way. And, uh, of course, you can misuse it. But I think that there's big benefits to that and big benefits to, like, um, helping you get back on sleep. and, And there's just many things that it can really help you it's not going to cure these problems but it can help you to heal yourself hmm. well, that definitely sounds interesting and um how was the time in amsterdam i know you said you did the cup and won the cup but outside of oh, the yeah. cup how was amsterdam i love it it's my favorite city it's uh when you go there as an american you you learn a lot about freedom because we think we are free here in America. And you go to Amsterdam and you see like they have prostitution that's legal. So there's a certain part of the city called the red light district. And you walk up and down the streets and there's just prostitutes in windows and people walk their kids down these streets. And it's not the scary 
place that it might be in a place like America or, or somewhere. And uh, granted, it's it's not like I don't necessarily think I would walk my kids through there if I had kids, but it's a uh, it's a, a really amazing, friendly, social vibe. And and then I also point out like uh, when you walk around Amsterdam, you hear voices from every country on the planet and they're not speaking Dutch they're speak and they're not a lot of people speak English but these people are f- from these other countries like in America you go like to the mall and you hear people talk they're mostly speaking English you know even if they look like they're from another place not in Amsterdam they're from that other place that they look like they're from <laughs> and uh, it's a wild melting pot of all kinds of different people and their culture is to like let everything go so you have really wild contradictions of like you know uh, they have these things called smart shops so they you can buy mushrooms and you can buy psychedelic plants and all kinds of crazy stuff in there and that might be like right next door to like somewhere where you buy like pottery and it's for like elderly people or or something like the everything is really mixed in together so you're you're kind of seeing everything and and their culture is to do they're very active so their markets are like you would go to the market every day and buy your food every day so you see elderly people like walking to the market and it just seems like such a huge more healthy lifestyle everyone rides bicycles there's mass transportation of all kinds of of different things so they have trams that just go all around the city and then they have buses and they also have uber and taxis and, and that kind of thing too but uh, then they also have like little bike taxis it's just such an amazing place that you you really when you go there as an american you kind of wish that it was closer so that you could kind of experience at the east coast i guess it is but for us in California, it's a big trip to go over there. And if it were closer, man, I'd go there all the time. So, uh, if, um, name a place you love to go to that you have never been to, that you just see on TV and you like that. That's Japan. a place. Japan. Japan. Yeah, I've never been to Japan, and I, I really, really want to go. There's a whole bunch of things in Japan that I specifically have like searched out that I want to attend. So. Uh, in fighting, they are one of the biggest places for wrestling and for martial arts. So they have an organization called Rising uh, Rising Fighting Federation, and it, it is the new version of an old fighting federation called Pride that I used to love. And it was the competitor with the UFC way back. And I would love to go to Japan, go to the Saitama Super Arena, and see Ryzen. And, and experience that like wow be incredible then I'd also like to experience hardcore wrestling they have a company called BJW and uh, they do all kinds of like crazy death matches <clears throat> tables and barbed wire and it's just nuts and I'd love to go to that too <clears throat> and then on the other side I, I want to go to uh, Akibara the, the, the anime place where it's like all, people just cosplay every day and it's 
it's like this anime little world and they have the um they have a, a disney place called disney sea so we have disneyland they have a disney sea and it's like all water themed stuff and they have like a volcano instead of like the castle and it looks so awesome i want to go there and maybe like take some psychedelics <laughs> so. and they, they also have this like nintendo world that i've been seeing so that looks cool too and uh, japan is the place i i want to go there yeah and definitely agree so now the last question before we end this conversation um how can people watch your documentaries Oh, that's easy. So uh, they can search my name. That's one of the simplest ways. So Jeremy Nori. And you can search it on your computer or if you have like a Fire Stick or, or a Roku or whatever your device is, if you search my name, some of my movies or all of my movies will come up that way. And then the other way is to go to my IMDb page and you can see all the movies through my IMDb page. You search my name and do that too. And like I said at the beginning, I have a website. So my website is called theskyisland.com. And on there, there are links to most of my movies. I'm a little behind in with the newest ones being updated on there. But most of them are out there too. And then also I wrote a book. So if you are interested in cannabis stuff, I wrote a book about all the scary experiences that I had in the world of cannabis. So when I was growing up selling pot out of my house and uh, I got robbed, I got home invaded there numerous times. And then eventually doing my events and doing all that stuff, even selling pot, I almost got arrested. I got arrested. And so there's all these wild stories, an international time where I was in Spain and they almost arrested me. So many cool stories from my wild experiences. The name of the book is called Jack Moves, a memoir of the weed trade and dangerous living. Or maybe it's living dangerously. can't remember. <laughs> but it's on Amazon. And you can find it on there by searching my name too. And uh, yeah, it should be out in paperback soon and, and uh, available everywhere where you could read books. Hmm. Sounds good. Definitely something I will check out. And I definitely probably will check out a few of those documentaries. And I will like yeah, to. Free. You can watch my stuff free on YouTube or Amazon or Tubi TV. They're, they're free somewhere. Mm -hmm. So check it out. All right. And I'd like to thank you for coming on and being a guest today. And. Maybe we'll cross paths in a documentary or another interview down the road. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. We, we have made documentaries with other people. And, uh, you know, if there, it's a subject that we don't think is going to be worth doing, but you want to pay to make the documentary, we do that very affordably. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, reach out to me if that's what you're interested in. And uh, you never know, we might be able to collaborate on something. All right. How can somebody reach out to you? My website. You go to my website. All my contact info is there. It has my social medias, the web, the email, all of that stuff is on there. Hmm. All right. Thank you. And thank you so much for being the guest today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you.